0: Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. So it was my intention to start today with a song, but we
1: couldn't find it here on the database. And you would know the song if you were at shul. You would know the song from the average Shabbos in a regular Ashkenazi shul, but you wouldn't necessarily know this particular tune. The song is called... Anim Zmirois, or as most people know it, Anim Zmirot. And the particular song that I had in mind is the song, the story goes, that there was this chassid. And after Yom Kippur ended, he stayed behind in shul and he began to sing. He literally put one foot up on a chair, leaned his head on his hand, his elbow on his knee, and he began to sing this song, very stirring song. And uh, I might have even considered singing it if I wasn't a little bit hoarse after Yom Kippur. And the Hasidim came back the next morning to Shul, and there he was. He was still there, he had gone through the night singing this stirring, this soul stirring song. And it's all about the fact that he just he couldn't let go of that deep, profound, meaningful experience. Of Yom Kippur. And while I know that uh, for many people Yom Kippur is very much a, an overwhelming day and a difficult day, the truth of the matter is each year I find that it becomes more and more of an uplifting and a deep and meaningful experience. And last night as we concluded the service of Ne'ilah, I had this incredible feeling, I've never had it before, this incredible feeling of I, I don't want this to end. It was so powerful. It was so profound. Everybody was so connected. Everybody was on the same page. There was decorum. People were loud at the moments when you had to proclaim, Hashem, Hashem, Keil, Racham Vachanon. The uh, fact that God is great and merciful and Shema Yisrael at the end of the service. It's just such an incredible moment. It's an incredible day. Yom Kippur is an incredible day of connection between us as a community, between one person and the next, between us and God, between us and our own souls. Literally, at the end of it last night, I, I didn't want it to end. It was that profound. It was that powerful. And I wonder if you had... A similar experience. And if you did, please share it with us because I think it's, it's something that's, that's inspiring to other people. It is, of course, Thursday afternoon, not any ordinary Thursday afternoon. It's the day after Yom Kippur. It is the slot of fresh thinking. It's an opportunity for fresh living, actually, the day after Yom Kippur. So what for you was the highlight? What for you was the most profound experience? It may have not been this Yom Kippur, by the way. It may have been from a previous Yom Kippur. But by all means... Love if you could share that with us because I think it's uh, personally I'm riding on the crest of the wave of yesterday and I hope you are too. You can share your thoughts by SMS on 34519, by WhatsApp on 0618951019. You can tweet as many of you like to do at Chai FM or directly at Rabbi Shish.
0: Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. And so being the day after Yom Kippur, which by the way, I don't think people necessarily know this, but it's nicknamed to this
1: day. The day after Yom Kippur is nicknamed Gotz Nomen, or as people will say in Hebrew, Bashem Hashem. It is the name of God. That's what today is nicknamed. I, I know for many people it's just the day after Yom Kippur and it's back to work and... Tomorrow's already the end of the week, so maybe you're feeling pressured and you've got to catch up. Then on the other hand, maybe you, like us, you, your kids are on holiday and you don't have to do lift schemes today. And that, that's a good thing. But in any event, it is the day after Yom Kippur. And I, I was wondering this morning, walked into Shul. As I say, last night literally did not want this thing to end. It It was so powerful. It felt so connected. There were people there who were so inspiring to watch. That's one of the things about Yom Kippur that's so beautiful. You know, you look around at people, and for me, I find that the people who end up being inspiring are not necessarily the people you expected to be inspiring. I think people have this preconception that somebody has to be quite religious and dedicated, and then this inspiration will ooze out of them. And sometimes it's really interesting to look around the room and see who's there, and see there are people there who are there out of pure commitment. Not necessarily because they feel the connection. Not necessarily because they appreciate why it has to be. But this is what we do, and that's why they're there. And to watch people and how they focus, I love it. Open the book, read the words, completely focused and concentrating. Even if it might only be for that one hour out of the whole year, it's so powerful. I didn't want to. I didn't want it to end. And then walked into school this morning. And it it was like the aftermath, you know, (laughs) walking over there and there's, of course we had to put out many extra chairs and tables to accommodate the the crowds from And All those chairs and tables were there this morning and they were empty. (laughs) I mean, there was, there was just a handful, you know, there was the the regular morning minion. That's who was there and all the leftovers of mahzorim that were still strewn across the tables. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of reading material that's available at this time of year. Everybody publishes their magazines, so those were lying all over the place. pair of reading glasses, you know, that, that kind of thing that indicates that there had been a big crowd there yesterday. And I, I was trying to work out, the day after Yom Kippur, is it the day of some kind of a spiritual hangover? you take taken to this peak, you're taken to this climax, such a, an incredible day no matter how much you relate to it or don't i mean there's uh, i don't know who took the footage but there's footage that's come out of tel aviv drone footage of absolutely empty streets yesterday i mean this you talking about where else in the world does such a thing happen nobody closed the roads that's just how it is everybody feels Yom kipper so so what's today Is today some kind of a spiritual hangover? You've been taken up to the peak of this mountain. You've been taken, maybe Yoshul, the chazan, hit that note that just spoke directly to the core of your soul and you were moved to tears and and you you, you felt it was spine-chilling. Or maybe the rabbi got up and spoke in such a way that you're inspired and, and you felt that you were lifted and you felt that you were meaningful and you felt that you were worthy. And now, it's kind of back to the grind. So, would you say, would you say that today is possibly a spiritual hangover? In a certain sense, it felt like that this morning, coming into shul the normal early minion. You know, before six o'clock, there we were, and and, and feeling wow, yesterday was pumping, and, and and now it's just it's just us, the the dozen guys who who were there in shul this morning. So I wonder if you have a similar feeling. By the way, that's not. The full scope of how I feel today, and and, and I'm going to share that with you, but I'd love to hear also what your perspective is. Uh, Do you see today as a little bit of a spiritual hangover? And if yes, why? And if not, why not? And what, again, what for you was the highlight of Yom Kippur? What spoke to you? Maybe it's something that, you know, often the rabbis think that we're the ones who have this great, powerful impact and everybody comes to shul. truth of the matter is it could have been the person sitting next to you at shul. And, and nobody else would know. Maybe they don't even know how inspiring they were for you. Um, and that that's beautiful to share if you can. Here's a WhatsApp from Neil who says, The relief of feeling one is forgiven. Now I'm not sure, Neil, if you are referring to what the highlight of Yom Kippur was or to what the feeling is today. Because I, I guess I could read that both ways, the relief of feeling one is forgiven. We do know, of course, that Yom Kippur is focused very much on forgiveness, atonement, clearing the the, the slate, reconciling with our own soul, reconciling with God, and so there should there should be a sense of relief. I don't know how it is in in other shuls. Because uh, I've I've been in the same shul now for a long time. (laughs) But at the end of Yom Kippur in our shul, as in many of the Chabad shuls that I know, the end of Yom Kippur is so upbeat. It's unbelievable. Before we blow the shofar, there's this song that we sing. It's nicknamed Napoleon's March, even though I don't think it has anything to do with Napoleon. It certainly is not recorded anywhere as a march of Napoleon's army. But it's this upbeat victory kind of song as if to say, you know, we've been through it. We we had the month of Elul and the days of Rosh Hashanah, the days in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which are focused on teshuvah and self improvement. Now we've been through the 24 hours, or it's actually closer to 26 hours, of Yom Kippur and, and worked on ourselves and been introspective and dedicated. There's this incredible sense of relief, as Neil identifies this relief. Um is calling it the relief of being forgiven Maybe somebody sees it a different way And I, I don't mean the relief of being able to eat Because quite frankly If you do your Kippur even a little bit properly You're not rushing to eat when it's over you, You're okay You're in a good space And of course you'll go and eat And you'll go and break your fast But it's not this urgency Like oh my gosh I've got to go eat something If you had a good fast and you, you were focused that it's, it's, it's not that But it could be other things So in our shuls In the Chabad world the, the place explodes. This is after everybody screamed out Shema Yisrael and Baruch Shem" and Hashem Hu Hailekim, these declarations of faith. The place explodes in this incredible, upbeat, victory march as if to say, we, We've done this. We've succeeded. We've achieved what we needed to achieve. We've reconciled. We've reconnected. We've refreshed. And we've accessed. Blessing for the coming. It's such an optimistic time. And we go straight from that, straight from Yom Kippur. We go into the time that is called Zman Simchasein, the time of our rejoicing, the holiday of Sukkot, and of course, culminating in Simchas Torah. Such an upbeat, powerful, positive time of the year. So it is a bit odd to speak of today as being a spiritual hangover when you consider where we're going and you consider the energy that is supposed to be, the guiding energy of this time of the year, very upbeat, positive, energetic, uh, simchadic, joyous time of the year. Nevertheless, it does feel sometimes that there's a little bit of a slump in between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, certainly a slump in attendance. <laughs> Nobody's going to have the same amount of people that shul over Sukkot as they had on Yom Kippur. It's just the way that it is. And, uh, yeah, so can you call today a spiritual hangover? I don't know. Sometimes it just does feel a little bit that way. So that's what we're talking about today. What is today? If you had to define it, what is today? What, what does today symbolize? What does today represent? What are you supposed to do today? Let's put it that way. What are you supposed to do today? I mean, I know you, you, you're supposed to recover, <laughs> Certainly, if you're a chazan or a rabbi, you've got to recover, put in a lot of effort into this uh, Yom Kippur experience. And even if you're just a, an ordinary person, it comes to shul. There's a lot of effort going through so many hours of liturgy and sitting and focusing and not eating and drinking. So there's a there's a lot there's a lot of focus that we kind of have to recover from. Is that what today is? Is today the hangover? Day, the Day of Recovery. I'd love to hear your thoughts as well as your inspirations on 34519. That's our SMS line. You can WhatsApp 61 You could tweet at Chai FM. You could tweet directly
0: at Rabbi Shish. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 Chai FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Okay, so we're talking today. It's just post Yom Kippur.
1: So I, I'm using the expression spiritual hangover, but here's a different expression, which as I said, I, I'm a little bit mixed feelings today because there's one element that leaves me feeling, Oh, what a vacuum, you know, after, after yesterday. And then there's another element, which is very strong personally. And I think I hope that that's your experience as well. And that is today is like an afterglow. This incredible day and if, like I said earlier, I, I feel like I'm riding on the crest of the wave of Yom Kippur, And I hope you're feeling the same way I hope that you feel that it wasn't so uplifting That you're kind of, you're just beaming a little bit today because of it So which one is it for you? Which one is it primarily? Is it a day of hangover spiritually? Is it a day of inspiration that you are living in the glow of yesterday? And to put it into different words also, what, what should we be doing today? as Jews we're supposed to look for the spiritual focus of each day on the calendar and when you've got a gigantic day like Yom Kippur it's very likely that the next day might be just a little bit overlooked being in the shadow of the of, of yesterday you know at the end of you know, at yesterday at the end of Yom Kippur I was thinking my gosh it's going to be another year till we get that kind of thing going again with so many people being shul and so focused and so connected but do you have to wait another whole year to have that kind of an experience. It's not a Jewish perspective. The Jewish perspective is today is pregnant with possibility. What you could achieve today, if you know what today is all about, is equivalent to what you could have achieved yesterday, being Yom Kippur. So what's today about? What, what does the day after Yom Kippur represent? Here's Ricky by email. He has a question. It's a question that relates to Yom Kippur. It also relates to Pesach. So here's Ricky's question. I once heard somebody, but I can't remember who it was, who asked why in Yom Kippur during the Kaddish before Ma'ariv, and also at the Pesach Seder we say the Shana Haba'ah Birushalayim next year in Jerusalem instead of saying the azot Hazot this year in Jerusalem, like we often say Bimhervi Amenu, let something happen speedily in our days. So that's a. I don't suppose you would say that that's an inspiration to walk away from Yom Kippur with, but. Uh, there's something, there's something in that question which perhaps is just as inspiring. There's a, a an insight from the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe where he says that we don't, God forbid, mean that we're going to wait until next year to get to Jerusalem. We're just saying this year has already started, and the fact of the matter is we're not there. So we're saying let Moshiach come now. Then we'll be in Jerusalem now, and naturally, automatically will be there by next year as well. So it's, it's almost as if to say the next time we celebrate this same event, we should be able to celebrate it in Jerusalem. But that doesn't mean we have to wait until that event to be in Jerusalem, So that's just an insight I suppose Ricky, thank you for that, into one of the things we focus on, on Yom Kippur, talking today about the day after Yom Kippur, because Yom Kippur was great, it was, well I hope it was, I mean I hope you didn't have a, a downer, I hope it was as uplifting and inspiring for you as it was for us. So what's today? Here is an SMS unsigned that says, today you've got to start getting ready for Shabbos. The beautiful cycle of being Jewish. Now, absolutely, there's no question about it. And by the way, seeing as Yom Tov starts on Sunday night, you don't only have to get ready for Shabbos today. You've actually got to start getting ready for Yom Tov today. So there's quite a lot to pack in between today and tomorrow. No time to rest. In fact, the Talmud says, very interesting, and it's uh, maybe something we should think about. The Talmud says that... You've got this day of Yom Kippur. Again, here's the cycle. 30 days of Elul, 29 days of Elul, uh, preparing yourself for Rosh Hashanah. Then you've got the great days of Rosh Hashanah. The days in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which are days of focus and growth and spirituality. Then you've got Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is such a powerful day. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are on Yom Kippur. It's a powerful day. And then as Yom Kippur ends... We're under pressure because there's a whole week of Yom Tov coming up. You've got to put up a sukkah. You've got to go get your lulav. You've got to cook, shop, prepare. Plenty to do for Yom Tov. And so the Talmud says that the truth of the matter is you don't even get enough time to sin in the days between Rosh Hash- Sorry, between Yom Kippur and sukkah. So you've just cleaned the slate and it's so busy. You don't have the opportunity to sin. So that's why I love that SMS that says, the beautiful cycle of being Jewish as Yom Kippur ends, so you start preparing for Shabbos, or by extension, you start preparing for Yom Tov, And that's exactly what it is. It's, there's always something to occupy us. In fact, that's the ideal of being Jewish. I believe it was the Rebbe who said that a person, that he would want for his Hasidim that they are so busy that they don't have any time to sin. So this business of saying, we're the day after Yom Kippur, it's not so powerful, it's not so important it's not a Jewish perspective. Today, today is valuable. And i got news for you, even if it wasn't Shabbos in two days' time, and even if we didn't have another holiday already coming up in four days' time, we'd still have reason to say today is a day that is absolutely filled with potential and a day that could be used in the most incredible way. Here's another WhatsApp from Neil who says, To know God, our Creator, is going to help and be there for us day, day by day for another year. Why a hangover it should be a day of excitement an adventure, it's a year of expectations. Let's be positive. Neil, I love that. Really, I think that you've hit the nail on the head. It's so tempting for a person after a big day, after a high. It is so tempting for a person to just feel flat the next day. It does happen, right? It happens a lot. <laughs> and yes, I think you're exactly right. We should be looking at this day and the days that follow with excitement. We should have a sense of adventure positive expectations. Love that. I think that's exactly right. Let's see what else everybody else thinks about it. Um, Here's Tony by WhatsApp says, talking over here about what was the highlight or the inspiration of Yom Kippur. So Tony says, it was so comforting and inspiring that so much of the davening is for those who are so off the road. So I imagine when you say off the road, what you mean is people who are not as Jewishly conscious as they should be. Interesting, isn't it? How much of Yom Kippur talks about the fact that we... We all, all of us. I mean, we say it in the prayers. struck me quite strongly this year. We use this expression. We say, God, even before I was created, I was of no value. And now that I have been created, I'm still of no value. That means to say that even if you're the most perfect individual who who walks this, this planet and you do everything like you should and you might feel tempted to look down your nose at the next person and be all patronizing and say, oh, look at them. I mean, at least I'm Okay. There you get this reminder on your keeper that says, "Hey, hang on a second, nobody's perfect. Far from it. And even if we think we're perfect in human terms, there's so much room for improvement. And that's quite comforting and inspiring, I suppose, to imagine that on the one hand, it's telling us that nobody's that much holier than thou. And on the other hand, it's saying, and even if you're well off the tracks, here's your direct line of return. That is the inspiring and comforting part of it. You know, we're talking over here today about the day after. The day after Yom Kippur, it sounds like something happened yesterday. And now we're sitting and kind of picking it apart and saying, oh my gosh, what happened? I don't mean it in that way. I'm just saying you come off the off this peak. I think everybody will agree that Yom Kippur is a peak. And now today is just an ordinary Thursday. Yes, there's a big to do list because there are other days coming that require input Shabbos, Yom Tov, Sukkot. But today's just an ordinary Thursday. When you come off this incredible high, the climax of Yom Kippur, It's not unusual, I don't think, for people to feel, and now what? So that's what we're going to talk about over here today, and now what? If somebody would ask you that question, okay, I had a fantastic Yom Kippur, it was really beautiful, and now what? What would you advise them? What would you tell them that they should be doing today? Not just to keep it an even keel, but what should somebody be doing today to maximize today? What should somebody be doing today to take the power of Yom Kippur with them? Package it, bottle it, carry it with you for the year. What would your suggestion be? If you have just joined in, this is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Shishla. Thursday afternoon, this is what we do. We challenge our thinking. We try and think out of the box. We try and take a different perspective and uh, always value your input. So today, talking about how it is, the day after Yom Kippur, what? What's today about now? What What's today all about? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And, of course, if you were inspired by something over here in Kippur that you would love to share with us, we would definitely love to hear it. So the SMS line to use is 34519. You can also WhatsApp 0618951019. You could tweet at Chai FM. You could tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. And I see there are a couple of tweets which we'll get to. And you can also email on air at fm.com. Now, what? What? What's today? What is the significance of today? What is the message of today? What is the power of today? That's the question we're going to in- explore today. And I love what Neil said. Today's a day of positivity, of expectation, of adventure. I like that. I like that word. That a person should see adventure in a new year. That's a that's a great perspective. Great perspective. Here on Twitter is Hannah who says, Spiritual hangover, because I was asking the question, Is today a spiritual hangover or is today the afterglow of Yom Kippur? So Hannah says, Spiritual hangover, however, I'm grateful for the connection and brief unity. Sad that we use the word brief in the same phrase as unity, but I think that that is a reality, unfortunately. hey, it seems that way, that unfortunately unity is Often the result of something that's outside of our control So there's a crisis, that's when everybody pulls together And sadly it's often brief Maybe a little bit of a, an indictment on how we are as a society But it, it, that's what it is The reality is the reality, I suppose <laughs> Maybe we should be more positive than that So what's today? Now what? It's the day after Yom Kippur You hopefully were inspired You hopefully were moved You definitely participated And it it's that day What's what's today, the eleventh of Tishrei, possibly one of the most overlooked days on the Jewish calendar. You know, we were talking about it yesterday in Shul. The entire theme of Yom Kippur. If you if you were there for that section of the of the davening after Yizkor, so we do what's called Musaf, which is the special additional prayer that is for every unique day on the calendar. Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the new month, Shabbos, Yom Tev, obviously on Yom Kippur. So if if you were there at that point, we Add a whole section called the Avoida which describes the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, and the things that he had to do in the temple on Yom Kippur. And there's a section over there that says about how amazing it was when the Kohen Gadol went home at the end of Yom Kippur. And he was so radiant and it was beautiful. So let's talk about that for a second. Why do you think? There we are. We're in the middle of Yom Kippur. I mean, we read this maybe about around about lunchtime, although that's probably the wrong term to use when it's Yom Kippur. Okay, but you know what I mean. So that's when we read about the Cohen Gadol going home. Now, we've got a good few hours from that point until we get to go home. So why? Why is that an important part of the reading? Why is that an important part of the conversation to know that the Kohen Gadol went home? Obviously, he went home. (laughs) What was he supposed to do? Stay in the temple overnight after Yom Kippur was over? Check into a hotel and debrief? Obviously, he went home. In fact, the Torah says very clearly that the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, could not be a Kohen Gadol unless he had a home to go to, unless he had a family, and specifically a wife. If he he didn't have that, then uh, he, he wouldn't be qualified for the role. So, he obviously had a home to go back to. What's the big deal in telling us that he had to go back to his home? And, of course question is, why are we reading about that in the middle of Yom Kippur? And I came across a beautiful insight, and I think it speaks to the heart of what we're trying to do over here today. And the insight is this. Here's a Kohen gadol, a holy man. It's Yom Kippur, the holiest day. So you've got the holiest person in the community on the holiest day of the year, and he's in the temple. And within the temple, he's in the holy of holies. That's the holiest geographical location that exists. Picture the scene. Just imagine what that is. You think your Yom Kippur was inspiring. What do you think it felt like to be the high priest in the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur? I mean, can you imagine? That's inspiration beyond anything that any of us could ever, ever visualize. You can get caught up in that place, eh? You can get, you could get sucked into this realm of spirituality, of highfalutinity. Psychedelic experience of the soul, and then you could forget that all of that is only useful if you can take it home. You know, Yom Kippur. We all feel very inspired. That that's how it is. It's normal. I think it's normal. Today's the day we got to take it home. So there you are. You were yesterday, like a kohen gadol. You were at your holiest. You were in shul, in a holy place, on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, and you probably felt just a little bit more connected, or maybe a lot more connected, than on an ordinary Thursday. And what do you do? <laughs> Today's, today is the question, what do you do? What do you do with all of that inspiration? What do you do with that peak? How do you translate it? How does a Kohen Gadol go home? That's what today is all about. That's why we have a day, the day after Yom Kippur, which is ordinary to say, how do I translate inspiration into the ordinary? I think it's one of the great challenges that we have in life is how to translate great, spiritual, outstanding, uplifting experiences. That talk that you went to where the person blew your mind, that trip that you went to where you traced your lineage and you went to places that have relevance in your family or you were in Jerusalem and it was so uplifting. And now you come back so easy for us to just frame things and put them in a picture. I uh, heard a beautiful, beautiful insight from from Rabbi Chazdam from Great Park Shul just the other day about why it is that in a house of mourning we cover the mirrors. i never heard this before. And he said the reason is because when you look at the mirror... The reflection that the mirror gives you is only in that moment. It has no longevity. That means to say as soon as you change your expression, so does the reflection change. And, and a house of mourning is not a time where things should be just changing. You've got to hold on. You've got to hold on to what was. You've got to preserve it. So that's what happens to us. We, we we like to preserve things that were, which is valuable. But there's a step even beyond preserving what was, and that's translating. How do you take that inspiration and carry it with you for another couple of days. I mean, ideally for the whole year, but we all know that that's maybe a big ask. And sometimes we fall down trying to carry something for a whole year at a time and we do better to do one step at a time and today is that first step. The cliche on the Johnny Walker bottle about the journey of a thousand miles starting with a single step, today is that step. That means today, one thing that we do Jewishly, which we normally would not do That becomes the difference between a Yom Kippur That would be great and inspiring in memory Versus a Yom Kippur which is relevant in daily life and we'd like to have something which is relevant in daily life. And here Neil is on a roll over here today. Here's another WhatsApp from Neil says it should become a lifestyle, not just an intellectual concept of doing what's right and wrong. Our lives should touch and enhance others we come into contact with. So Neil is talking exactly to this point that the trick is the challenge is how do you take Yom Kippur and make it part of your lifestyle? I don't mean the fasting. I don't even mean being in shul for all those hours back to back. Just something of what what did Yom Kippur mean? Because it spoke to us. It spoke to us in a deep way. It spoke to us in a profound, meaningful, personal language. And now what does it mean? How do you take it? How does it become part of your lifestyle? It's one of the great challenges that we have in life is inspirations come, inspirations go. And the trick is always... How do you not keep the inspiration? Because that's not realistic. That's where we fall down trying to keep the inspiration. You don't have to keep the inspiration. You just have to keep something that the inspiration gave you, some kind of an awakening, some kind of an urge to do. That's what we've got to keep because that's when we grow and that's when we become better people. So that's this this theme of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest in this holy environment. And then we've got to read about how he went home what about you what are your thoughts what is today now what or oh, i suppose the jewish way to say it would be new now what day after yom kippur what does it mean to you three four five one nine if you'd like to sms otherwise you can whatsapp on oh six one eight nine five one oh one nine you can tweet at high fm you can tweet me directly at rabbi shish or you could do as ricky did you could send an email to on air at high fm dot com Now, do you feel like winning? The Etrog Center wants to help you win. Answer the following question correctly and you'll put yourself in line to win your own set of Lulav Etrog and accessories in time for this Sukkot. And for each set won, the Etrog Center will donate a set to a less fortunate member of our community. So, here's the question. What part of the human body... Does the Etrog represent? SMS the correct answer and your name to 34519 or WhatsApp 0618951019. This competition is compliments of the Etrog Center at Fresh Fellows and the Colel Bookshop in Glen Hazel. That's where you'll get the best quality, best techsharem at the best price. So the question for you is, what part of the human body does the Etrog represent?
0: Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Okay, so I see that the answers are already coming in for the Etrog
1: Center campaign. That's nice. Maybe somebody will win themselves a free set of Lulav Etrog and the accessories, the Hadassim and our And I love the fact that what they're doing is donating one to, an, uh, to a person who's less fortunate. I think that's so beautiful. Shkayach, and well done. We're talking today about today. <laughs> now what? You've been through Yom Kippur. It was so uplifting. What should you do today? A couple of people uh, sent me messages On social media saying today's the day to build your sukkah. Well, it is brought that, that is brought in the code of Jewish law that after Yom Kippur is over, should have been last night, you were supposed to start on your sukkah. And the concept is you go straight from one mitzvah to the next mitzvah. And if you are unable for whatever reason to start your sukkah immediately after Yom Kippur, the very least that you should do is you should discuss what's necessary to build your sukkah. So, yes, that's part of it. But I wanted to share and I was so hoping that somebody was going to bring this up and someone did. Now you can always rely on the Chai FM listenership. So here's Chesky who says online that my question is, now what? Yom Kippur is over, now what? Chesky says, now you do Teshuvah. Bingo! (laughs) You got it. That's the answer that I was looking for, in fact. And the thing is that... What, what's fascinating about that? I came across—I can't remember now—who said it when I was, I was looking for something before Yom Kippur, and I came across this quotation. And if anybody here remembers who it's from, I'd love to hear it. But there's a quotation that says people are so careful to behave well from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur, it would be healthier if people would behave well from Yom Kippur until Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> it's a good—it's a good thought definitely something to reflect on it's not the same as what Chesky is saying Chesky says now is the time to do teshuvah, and uh, I don't know if he knew the particular story that I'm about to share with you, probably did and I'm assuming that that's how he got this answer they tell a story that when the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe was a young man one year after Yom Kippur he came to his father who was the Rebbe at that time the fifth Rebbe of Chabad at that time and he says to him, now what? Yom Kippur is over now what? And his father said to him, now you start to do Teshuvah. And I think that that would confuse many people. What do you mean, now you start to do Teshuvah? Wasn't the whole purpose of Yom Kippur to clean the slate? Isn't that what we've just achieved? Didn't we clap our hearts who knows how many times over the course of yesterday? And prior to that, we said a whole lot of slichas and we had Rosh Hashanah and we blew the shofar and we did all these things. Wasn't that Teshuvah taken care of? What do you mean now? Now you start doing Teshuvah after Yom Kippur? What kind of a thing is that? Interesting. It's also interesting because the Talmud says that the holiday of Sukkot is called Rishon Rechesh Bon a Very unusual expression that the Talmud uses. As if to say, that's when you start accounting for your sins after Yom Kippur. Strange. And while we could speak about this for hours, here's just a thought. The thought is twofold. Number one, the message is never become complacent that's not an acceptable perspective in Judaism to become complacent Yom Kippur must, it might have been fantastic maybe you felt that you heard your own Nishama speaking its truth maybe you felt that you and God were closer than you've ever been in history Maybe you. who knows what kind of Yom Kippur you could have had because it's just such a potentially powerful day so the question is not the question the challenge is not to become complacent, not to turn around, pat ourselves on the back and say, we did it, crossed the finish line, we got there, we ate apples and honey, listened to the chauffeur, fasted when we should have, whatever we did, and we got there. It's, it's actually just not good enough. So that's the first lesson. The first lesson is, as good as yesterday might have been, it was yesterday. And today is a new opportunity. My soul came down into this world again today. That means that there's a whole new opportunity today, which might even be more valuable than yesterday's what was there's there's a story that I always think about a fellow who was thrown into prison and they allowed him where this is we were talking about a couple hundred years ago, and they in their great benevolence, you have to remember the prison system was uh, not regulated, and there was no prisoner's rights. But uh, you know, they, they thought they would be decent. And they gave him the opportunity. They said you can choose who was a Jewish guy. You can choose one day on the calendar that you are allowed to observe Judaism. You just let us know which day it should be and we'll allow it. And at the time, he penned a letter to one of the leading rabbinic authorities at the time, the Radvaz, known as Rabbi David ben Zimra. And he asked him, what should I do? Do, do I choose Yom Kippur? I've got one day on the calendar that I can choose to live Jewish. Yom Kippur is such a powerful, profound day. I mean, that's the day of atonement. That's the day of everybody keeps Yom Kippur. Or maybe I should do Pesach. Pesach is where it all began. Pesach represents the birth of the Jewish nation. Pesach is the exodus of Egypt, which is such a powerful message that we're supposed to recall it every single day. Pesach is a time that everybody gets together. Maybe I should do Pesach. But then on the other hand, maybe I should choose To do Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the year and the way that you conduct yourself on the first day of the year has a tremendous impact on what the rest of the year is going to be about. So maybe that's the day that I should choose. And he was really, he was really conflicted about this. So he wrote this letter to the Radvaz and the response that he received in return, the Radvaz said to him, you have the opportunity to choose one day on the calendar when you can practice being Jewish. Choose today. It's very insightful. Because that basically tells us, don't fall into the trap of saying, yes, of course, there are different days on the calendar that naturally have great potential, that naturally have a a, a powerful spiritual energy associated with them. But the truth of the matter is that every single day has absolute potential. And if I'm doing today what I need to do today to the best of my ability, then I connect to God today in the most profound way. And, and that's, that's all I need. So that's the first lesson, the first lesson of that particular story where the Rebbe Ashab, the fifth Rebbe, tells his son, that now, today, you've got to start doing to that's the first lesson. Because today has everything that you need for success. Today has everything that you need for spirituality, for connection, for inspiration, everything. So don't talk about yesterday. Yesterday was powerful when it was yesterday. But it's yesterday. And you're not living in yesterday. And you can never go back to yesterday. And the only thing that you can make meaningful is today. As much as you're preparing for Shabbos and for the of that's coming, the reality is that does not excuse today. Today has to have value. When our forefather Abraham passed away, well, was even before he passed away, when he became older. The Torah says he became old ba Yomim. He had come in days. And the, expression, the explanation that's given by the commentaries wasn't I mean, he had come in days. He literally could account for every single day. Every single day had value. So that's our first lesson. It's an incredible lesson. It's something we should always think about. That no matter how good things have been until now, as they say in Yiddish, As good is good, is better, nit better. If good is good, surely better is even better. Or there was this uh, Hasidic personality Rabbi Gershon Pahar And he used to say every night Before he we went to sleep He'd spend a lot of time Thinking about how his day had been His successes, failures, growth Learning, etc. And then he would say Tomorrow is going to be altogether different Today is that tomorrow Today is going to be altogether different That's the power of the day After Yom Kippur It's the power of saying You know as amazing as Yom Kippur was I could even go further today So if you hadn't heard and you feel like winning, the Etrog Center wants to help you win. One question for you to answer, and if you answer it, you stand in line to win your own set of Lulav Etrog and Hadassah Marabas. Plus, for every set that somebody wins, the Etrog Center will donate another set to someone who is less fortunate within our community. Here's the question. Okay, I'm going to give you the question. You SMS the correct answer to 34519, but also include your name. Okay, so you've got to send the correct answer and your name to either 34519 by SMS or 0618951019 by WhatsApp. The question is, what part of the human body does the etrog represent? This competition is compliments of the Etrog Center at Fresh Fellows and the Kolod Bookshop in Glen Hazel, where you'll get the best quality, best hechshem for the best price. So again, SMS your answer and, and name 234519 or WhatsApp 0618951019. What part of the human body does the etrog
0: represent? Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Okay, a lot of answers coming through about that question. Um, the
1: only thing is, please remember to put your name. There is one SMS that's coming through here with an answer to the Etro question, but you haven't put your name. So please check that your name is on there. Otherwise, we don't know how to enter you into the drawer for that set Of Lulav and Etrog. Not sure exactly when the draw is going to happen, but I imagine it's going to be today, latest tomorrow, because that's about as late as you can leave it. So just to wrap this up, day after Yom Kippur, after such an incredible peak yesterday, here's the fascinating thing: yes, it's not good enough to rest on your laurels, but there's a there's a deeper insight as well, and the deeper insight says. That sometimes only after you've grown can you begin to grow. Does that make any sense? I'll I'll put it to you this way. The Talmud uses two statements that seem to be contradictory. So The Talmud says that the nature of things is that you have to have an empty container if you want to fill it. Then the Talmud says, but in God's world, the container has to be full in order to fill it. And there's a beautiful insight in Hasidic teaching about what that means. That means the build-up to Yom Kippur is a time where we become an empty vessel. That means we try and release some of the stuff that we've been carrying around. The baggage, the resentment, the envy, the negativity, the the, whatever hang-ups we have. We try and shed them in the period of Elul and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We try to get rid of toxic behavior. So we try and empty ourselves out. So that we can receive because it's a new year and there's plenty to receive. There's blessing to receive. There's inspiration to receive. And we don't want to clog up the works. That's what takes us pretty much to the peak of Yom Kippur. By the time we reach Ne'ilah, at the end of Yom Kippur, we've done a lot, possibly even our best, just to clean out. To clean out all the schmutz, to allow God in. And we believe absolutely that at the end of Yom Kippur then, God comes in, so to speak. In other words, there's inspiration. We walk out of there with blessing. We walk out of there with optimism. We walk out of there with depth, with inspiration. Ah, now you feel that you're a little bit filled with the right stuff. That means now you can start to grow. Fascinating. When you bogged down and chained with all the rubbish of last year, how can you expect yourself to grow? And when you free yourself of all of that stuff, Then the growth process begins. But the day after, Yom Kippur, you're now full. You're full of inspiration. This is when real growth happens. In God's world, real growth happens from growth. The truth is we see that in the physical world as well. Here's an example. When somebody learns, they're then in a position to be able to learn and understand more. When a person connects, it gives you the opportunity to connect more. The trap Of the day after Yom Kippur is not to realize that. That's our Achilles heel, to think that today can't take us further than yesterday. That would be a terrible mistake. Today can take us to places we never imagined, simply by doing one thing that prior to this Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we wouldn't have imagined ourselves doing. It doesn't have to be anything spectacular, it doesn't have to be earth shattering, nobody has to know about it. Something of growth you'll be blown away at what a profound impact it has. So let's hope that God has sealed us all for a spectacular year to come. And let's all take a step today, something that will help us to grow. Because from that growth, only blessings will flow. Have a wonderful Shabbos, a good yontav, enjoy the sukkah, and may Hashem bless us for the entire year to come.